Welcome back to Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. We're a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover just about any SoCal sports team, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. The Rams drop another one to the Niners, 24-9. Kind of an ugly game. The Rams could not overcome their deficiencies along the offensive line, and there are some other deficiencies we'll get to. Rams make no big plays the entire game. 49ers make a handful that make the difference. And just like that, the NFC West, four teams at 2-2. Two and two. You know, the way I look at it as a Ram fan is, It hurts to lose these games to the Niners, games like this. But as I mentioned in the preview, their backs were against the wall in this game. It would have been devastating had they lost. And sure enough, they came through. Got to give them credit. Made just enough big plays on offense. Their defense was lights out all game long against a handicapped Rams offense, to be honest. Rams will have another shot at these guys in a few weeks. And possibly in the playoffs again, we'll just have to see. Hey, let's recap my fearsome four keys to the game and have some fails here. Key number one was keep Debo in check, and we failed there. Now, when they were just handing the ball off to him, pretty good. But that one play, the 57-yarder, that was a backbreaker. How different would this game have been, though, if Darion Kendrick had gotten his hand on that ball or someone had made a darn tackle? But Debo, one of the best in the league, Hammers the Rams once again with a big play. And that was the first touchdown of the game. Put the Niners up 7-3. to three. So that key number one, we failed. Key number two, no more bend, don't break. Get after Jimmy. I had mentioned that we had played three quarterbacks that used their legs quite a bit. Josh Allen, Marcus Mariota, Kyler Murray. And then we get Jimmy G and Trent Williams is out. But the Niners really countered that by just getting rid of the ball real quickly. We got a little pressure on Jimmy. Not a whole lot, though. He was just getting rid of the ball too quickly. It was a really good game plan. Kind of neutralized the advantage the Rams had as far as our defensive line against their offensive line. So we're going to have to rethink that next time we play them. They weren't living on the run game. They were living on the quick pass, getting the ball out quickly to their playmakers. So my key to the game, my number two key to the game, I really got that wrong. I'm not sure what the defensive strategy should be, but getting after Jimmy certainly wasn't the answer. Fearsome key number three was win the physical battles on offense. And, you know, I'm not going to say that was a total fail. I mean, our offensive line gave up some sacks, obviously. That was not pretty. Uh, I didn't realize that we were going to have three backups in. So I don't think we can really blame the Rams for losing the physical battles, but we certainly didn't win enough of them, especially up front. And fearsome key number four, and this is where I think I was right and the Rams failed, was a creative game plan on offense. Mix things up, be creative. And early on, I thought I saw a little bit of that. The uh, run play by Brandon Powell, When I saw Tutu Atwell was inactive, I thought, you know what? Brandon Powell's going to be part of this game plan. He's going to get a lot of touches, maybe five or six. And after that one carry, never saw him again. 
And it may have been as much on Matthew Stafford. He really had tunnel vision. I mean, how many times did he target Cooper Cup? And as good as Cooper Cup is, that's not a recipe for success against a defense like this. The game plan has to involve Allen Robinson, Tyler Higby, who we did get involved quite a bit as well, Kendall Blanton, Brandon Powell, Ben Skowronik. Get the running backs involved more in creative ways. And, and, you know, there was a little bit of it, but clearly not enough. It was just drop back and where's Cooper? I just don't think that's a recipe for success against a defense like this. So creative game plan, I think I was right. That was a key to winning this game, and we didn't do it. You know, statistically, it wasn't a horrible game for Stafford. Playing behind a patchwork offensive line, 32 for 48 for 254 yards. Had the one interception. Misfired in the red zone a couple times. That really hurt. Could have changed the entire complexion of the game if he hits Higby on that one play. Rams rushed 18 times for just 22 yards. That's not going to get it done. And again, the situation with their offensive line, it's somewhat understandable. But that's where that creativity comes in again, right? Cooper Cup, by the way, 14 receptions, a career high for 122 yards. Jimmy G threw for 239 yards, but on just 16 completions. Jeff Wilson was kept in check for most of the game, but that 32-yard run and a couple of others, he ended up with 74 yards. And Debo Samuel, six receptions for 115 yards. I don't even want to know how many of those came after the catch. It was most of them. And probably most importantly, Rams 0-3 in the red zone, threw the pick six, fumbled the ball away. So as sad as this performance was, you could almost see the Rams winning this game if they made a couple of plays in the red zone and didn't turn the ball over. But but you got to give the Niners credit. Their defense really got it done tonight. Their offensive game plan with Trent Williams out neutralized the Rams' pass rush, neutralized the edge the Rams had there, and... That's what you get, a 24-9 49er victory. So the Rams head home to host Dallas. The 49ers cross the country to play Carolina. The entire NFC West at 2-2, the Cardinals host the Eagles. So that'll be a tough one for them. And this is where the strength of schedule gets a little screwed up. The Rams, the divisional champions, get the Cowboys. The Cardinals, a second-place team, get the Eagles. Who would you rather play? Not that the Cowboys are going to be a pushover. They're not. But I'll take the Cowboys at this point. And the Seahawks, also 2-2. Two and two, They travel to the Saints. So every weekend's going to be a shakeup of the NFC West, the way this is going. It's early. Poor showing by the Rams. But don't give up hope. It's a long season. We'll be back in a second with our game capture. And then after that, some additional notes on the game. And finally, our loop around the league. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets. Hey, and check this out. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. How about this NFL Week 5 parlay? Take the Falcons in the points over the Bucks, and take the Packers giving up the points against the Giants. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins 
when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So let's walk through this game possession by possession. The Rams got the ball first and went on an 8-minute, 14-play drive. Matt Gay capping it off with a 39-yard field goal. There is a big 3rd and 1 conversion to Cup, a 3rd and 5 conversion to Higby. But Stafford takes a sack on 2nd and 9 from the 18, and the Rams settle for the field goal. San Francisco, on their first possession, converts a 3rd and 9 and a 3rd and 5. 49ers very successful on slant patterns across the middle. Rams missing Troy Hill, I think. Then on first and 10 from the Rams 32, after a timeout, Jeff Wilson rips through the middle of the Rams defense, basically untouched. Niners up 7-3. Rams next possession, a one-yard run. Stafford is hurried on his next drop back and then is sacked. Three and out, the Rams punt. 49ers next possession takes us into the second quarter. They drive to the Rams 43, and then on third and six, the Rams finally get a stop. Jimmy G's second incompletion of the game. They punt into the end zone, so it's actually just a net gain of 23 yards. Rams have the ball to 20. Jeremiah Coloni in at center at this point. So the Rams offensive line, Joseph Noteboom, Bobby Evans, Jeremiah Coloni, A.J. Jackson, and Rob Havenstein. So only the bookend tackles from the starting unit. Stafford has no time on this next drive. And again, another three and out. 49ers next possession, an incompletion, a tipped pass, and then another incompletion, and they punt it right back to the Rams. From the Rams, 35. They start to mix it up. Brandon Powell gets a touch. Akers picks up a nice run. Higby, another critical reception but they can't cash it in, stall in the red zone, and Matt Gay kicks a 29-yard field goal to make it 7-6 Niners. And then on San Francisco's next drive, Jimmy G trying to hit Debo Samuel in the left flat. Darion Kendrick goes for the interception, at least trying to tip the pass, and he misses it, and Debo Samuel runs 57 yards, breaking several tackles. This is exactly what you don't want to see from the 49ers offense if you're a Rams fan. But give them credit, Samuel, looking like one of the best players in the NFL, which he is, and the 49ers are up 14-6, really based on two big plays, a 32-yard run and a 57-yard catch and run. Rams' next drive, they managed to pick up one first down on a pass to Cup, and then Stafford hits Cup again for seven yards, but then two sacks and the Rams have to punt. 49ers get the ball back, and they basically turn the ball over on downs as the clock runs out. And we go to the half, 14-6, 49ers. Second half, Niners got the ball first. They picked up one first down on a pass to George Kittle. Then they have to punt, and the Rams go on another long drive, 16 plays, 75 yards, cup, Six receptions on this drive, a big pass to Ben Skaronic as well, but Stafford misfires in the red zone twice. One to Higby looked like a sure TD. Rams settle for another field goal, 14-9. to 
So as poorly as the Rams are playing overall, they're making a game of it at this point. On the kickoff, the 49ers fumble it but recover. And then sure enough, on the next play, a big pass to Kyle Juzek, 35 yards. But Kittle is out of bounds at the back of the end zone on what looked like a TD at first. And the 49ers settle for a field goal to make it 17-9, keeping the Rams in this game. But the Rams' next possession, three and out, punted away. San Francisco set up at the Rams' 45 after a nice return. But the Rams hold, and the Niners miss a field goal. And it, it seems like the Stars might be aligning for the Rams to steal a win here. But on the next drive, Rams starting from their own 33 with about eight minutes left. Stafford throws a pick six, a screen pass, trying to get it to cup. And just like that, it's 24-9. Rams next possession. Had a nice little drive going. 13 plays, 44 yards, just inching their way down the field, though. And then Stafford's arm is hit right before he releases it. It's called a fumble. Niners have the ball. Three plays, one yard, and they punt. And the Rams, surprisingly, still trying to push the ball down the field a little bit. Three plays, 18 yards, end of game. Final score, 24-9. Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Stafford slinging beautiful balls all over the field to Cooper Cup. And hey, if you're heading out to watch a game with a group of friends, maybe hitting your favorite sports bar, why not look your best? You need to get your hands on Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer which is included in their best-valued bundle yet ever, Manscaped's Pocket Rockets, which also, by the way, includes the Weed Whacker, which I talked about last month. And you know, a lot of people don't realize this about the lawnmower. It is great for facial trimming, your beard, your mustache, your neck. That's how I use it. And it's waterproof. You just jump into the shower, no mess to clean up in your bathroom or on your vanity, and off you go. Just holding the lawnmower in your hand, you can tell the quality, and it does an excellent job. I'm telling you, I use it on a regular basis now. So the Pocket Rocket package includes, among other things, the lawnmower and the Weed Whacker. This has got to be a Super Bowl winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code RAMSUP. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code RAMSUP, Manscaped, for turning your player into an MVP. Let's look at some additional notes from this game. We'll start out with my fearsome four big plays of the game. And as I like to say, I learned from a wise football man years ago, Tell me about the four or five biggest plays of the game. Tell me who owned those big plays, and I can probably tell you who won the game. And in this game, all four big plays belonged to the Niners, unfortunately. Most of these are going to be pretty obvious if you're watching this game. The first one, that 32-yard sprint through the Rams' defense by Jeff Wilson. You're basically forcing Jimmy G to move the ball down the field slowly. You haven't given up much in the running game. Make them earn it. And then Wilson gashes you like that. That's got to hurt. 7-3 49ers, and they have one big play under their belt. 
the next big play. You don't want to hear about this again, but it's the 57-yard catch and run by Debo Samuel, Darion Kendrick, our young cornerback. And this guy's going to be a player. I feel really good about him, him and Kobe Durant, two really good draft picks. But big play number two, the Rams can't buy a big play in this game. 49ers have a 32-yard run and a 57-yard catch and run. Two big plays in that second big play put them up 14-6. to six. The next big play was a misfire by the Rams actually on offense. We're in the third quarter now. It's 14-6. to six. The Rams drive to the San Francisco 7-yard line first and goal. And Higby is open in the right flat. Stafford tries to deliver one of his patented little sidearm throws and basically throws it behind him into the dirt. Higby catches that ball. It becomes 14-12, to 12, and the Rams are either kicking the one-pointer to make it 14-13, to 13, possibly going for two, but instead they're kicking another field goal, and it's still 14-9. to nine. In the fourth big play, Rams still have a shot at this. This is where I thought they might be able to steal this game after the missed field goal, but Stafford once again tries to get it to Cooper Cup in the right flat, little screen pass, would have gained five yards probably. Instead, it's intercepted, pick six for the 49ers, more or less game over. But the Niners up 24 to 9, and that was your final score. Some additional notes on this game. Uh, Tutu Atwell was inactive. Malcolm Brown was active. And a lot of people made a big deal about that, especially on Twitter. Malcolm Brown is back and active. A guy that's a great pass blocker. I know he got some snaps. He was out there for that misfire to Higby on first and goal from the seven, but didn't impact this game at all from what I could see. The 49ers without Javon Kinlaw and then Eric Armstead went out. Didn't seem to really matter. They didn't miss a beat along that defensive line. The Rams, of course, started the game without Brian Allen and David Edwards and then lost Coleman Shelton. So as I mentioned in our game capture, at the end of the game, our starting offensive line from left to right, Joseph Noteboom, Bobby Evans, Jeremiah Colonnay. I have to think about it here. Who was our right card? It was A.J. Jackson and Rob Havenstein. I'd like to give out game balls. Who do I give game balls out to? I'm going to give game balls to two guys. And, you know, it's always Cooper Cup. I don't even mention Cooper Cup anymore. We're just going to call this the Cooper Cup Player Prop Award. Who besides Cooper Cup deserves a game ball? Hey, how about Grant Haley? He was really mixing it up, playing well from what I could see. Be interested to see his pro football focus grade. And Darion Kendrick, even though he gave up that big play, gotta love that guy. He's very confident. He's mixing it up, not backing down. It gets a little chirpy out there. I swear sometimes I, I was getting him and Ramsey confused. They look very similar out there. Maybe that's a good thing. Kendrick, 6 feet 190. Ramsey, 6'1", 194. But game balls, I can't go really beyond that. I think our two young cornerbacks, Haley and Kendrick, played well. Uh, There's probably some other guys. We'll talk more about it on our next drop when I see some pro football focus grades and some snap counts, who stepped up, who didn't. Although Bobby Wagner, I think, also had a good game. That tackle at the goal line inside the three with something else. Bobby Wagner bringing it. And who screwed up? 
any goats in this game? Well, I think Stafford was a little bit off statistically, as I mentioned, not bad, but I really think he had tunnel vision. There were plays where I saw Allen Robinson open. There's got to be other guys he's got to get involved. I, I don't know if it's McVay. I don't know if it's Stafford, but wasn't happy with how that played out. Cooper Cup, he's awesome. I love the guy. We got to find a way to spread the ball around, though. Coach's corner, I've already kind of hammered on it. Just a lack of creativity on offense, and I'll leave it at that. As far as the refs go, that illegal contact that they called on the Niners against Cooper Cup, I didn't see it. Announcers didn't see it either. That was a weird call in a game where they really weren't calling many penalties. They did miss a face mask on the 49ers, though, so it probably evened out. Announcers, I thought they were okay. And I got to give props to my guy, Troy Aikman. Not a big Troy Aikman fan, but I loved his line about how awesome it is, what great weather it is, and how beautiful it is in California, especially compared to Texas, where it just dipped under 90 degrees. I kind of enjoyed that. But I'm a California guy. And yes, I love LA. I love SoCal. I love California. So when a guy on national TV reminds the rest of the nation of how good we have it. I'm okay with that. So if I had any final words on this game, Rams are really scraping to put a team together out there to play against a very good divisional opponent. Now, in the 49ers defense, they're missing some guys too, but I don't think they're as dinged up as we are. Van Jefferson would have really helped in this game. A healthy OPJ, heck yeah. Our offensive line, three backups. So it'll be interesting to see how this matchup pans out in a few weeks. Hoping the Rams are a little healthier. Brian Allen should be back. David Edwards should be back. Coleman Shelton, we don't know about. Van Jefferson, that's after the bye week. He should be ready. So this could be a completely different game in LA. The second game will be the more important one. So chin up Ram fans. It's a long season. Rams aren't done yet. We'll wrap things up with our loop around the league, taking a look at the Thursday night and Sunday games from this past week. And we'll have another drop later this week and possibly a YouTube channel drop as well, a preview of the Ram Cowboy game, and another segment of who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed. This should be a fun one. Let's get into our loop around the league. That Thursday night game, Bengals 27, Dolphins 15. This is a big win for the Bengals to get back to 2-2, two and two, hand the Dolphins their first loss. Really a battle between Tyreek Hill and T. Higgins. Hill, 10 catches for 160 yards. How do you go for 160 yards without a TT? He managed to do that. And on the other side, Higgins, 7 catches for 124 yards and 1 TD. I was really impressed with Joe Burrow in this game, just getting rid of the ball on schedule right when pressure was arriving time and time again, 20 for 31, 287 yards and two TDs. Two had left after that scary incident. I was really surprised they kept on focusing on his hands and his arms. I thought the broadcasting crew could have handled that better on national television, but at the same time, it really brings into focus how the NFL has handled, or I should say has not handled, this concussion protocol. 
as far as being consistent in protecting players. And I think we're already starting to see some changes coming out of this game. And in fact, I might even say that to his injury might have a little bit to do with why David Edwards did not play in the 49er game. The Vikings take care of the Saints 28-25 to in London. That was an incredible game. <laughs> really, back and forth, back and forth, down to the very end. And, you know, I'm not a fan of the New Orleans Saints. I have my reasons. But, man, are they the most screwed franchise in the history of the league? They had a couple of calls in this game that were just really bad, especially the hands-to-the-face call on Matthew that gave the Vikings a first down. That was followed by a questionable pass interference on Marcus Lattimore that set up the Vikings for their final touchdown. And then the Saints tried to kick the game-time field goal from 61 yards, and it clunks off the crossbar. But over the years, no team has been screwed as much as the Saints by the refs. And I don't even think it's up for debate, to be honest with you. And one final note on this game, Chris Olave, the rookie wide receiver for the Saints, is really starting to emerge. He looks like he might be, at this point, the best wide receiver in this class. That's going to change. There are a lot of really good rookie wide receivers. Drake London went 8th in the draft, Garrett Wilson 10th, Alave 11th, and Jamison Williams 12th to the Lions. And the reason I'm bringing this up is the Detroit Lions were just jacked up when the Saints took Alave and they were able to snatch Jamison Williams, who is probably going to redshirt the entire year, at least it looks that way, due to that ACL injury. And you're starting to wonder if maybe the Lions should have tamed down that celebration. Right now, it doesn't look very smart. And I wonder how Alave is going to feel that first time he lines up against the Lions. That'll be fun. New Orleans Saints looking like they got it right at this point. The Lions, they're going to have to wait a while to see how Williams pans out. And how about those Falcons? They beat the Browns 23-20 to at home. It's getting so difficult to tell who the good teams are and who the bad teams are. I was ranting about the Browns after last week, and I said the Falcons look like they may be getting it together, and they did in this one. Over 200 yards rushing. Tyler Algier, the rookie. 10 rushes, 84 yards. He's a guy I like for the Rams. Browns are driving for potentially the tying field goal. Grady Jarrett comes up with a big sack, and Jacoby Brissett is intercepted on the next play. Falcons improve to 2-2. Two and two. Browns fall to 2-2. Two and two. And this is the first time the Arthur Smith Atlanta Falcons have won two in a row. And the Chargers get out of Houston with a 34-24 win. And for a little while, it looked like it was going to be the Chargers being the Chargers. They were up 27-7. The Texans close to 27-21. The Chargers fumbled away the kickoff. And the Texans were set up deep in Charger territory, but the defense rose to the occasion, held the Texans to a field goal, and the Chargers tacked on another touchdown. My guy Damian Pierce, 14 rushes for 131 yards and a TD for the Texans. That's the rookie running back that really shined in the preseason. Big win for the Chargers in that ultra-competitive AFC West. They improved to 2-2. Two and two. Texans 0-3-1. The Jets take care of the Steelers 24-20. At the end of that game, it was Zach Wilson versus Kenny Pickett. Pickett taking over for the bench to Mitch Trubisky. 
He ended up throwing three interceptions. Zach Wilson really stepped up at the end of that game, taking his team on a game-winning 11-play, 70-yard drive, capped off by a touchdown by another rookie running back, Brees Hall. Mike Tomlin Steelers slipped to 1-3 and three in the Jets. They got a really good roster. They just need to learn how to win. Today was a stepping stone, perhaps. They improved a 2-2. Two and two. The Cowboys 25, the Commanders 10. Cooper Rush, the first quarterback in Cowboy history to start 4-0. This was one of the less entertaining games of Sunday morning. But because the Cowboys are still America's team, I guess... The Los Angeles area was stuck with this game, unless, of course, you have Sunday ticket. You get to watch the Chargers-Texans, which was a pretty good game at the end, and the Commanders-Cowboys. In probably the most anticipated game of the day, the Buffalo Bills beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore 23-20. Jim Harbaugh tried to outsmart the room in this one, and it backfired. 2020 game. Baltimore has the ball at their own five. They drive all the way to the Bills' two-yard line, fourth and goal. Instead of kicking the field goal, Harbaugh decides to go for it. They are stopped. The ball is actually intercepted in the end zone. So instead of having the Bills pinned at the two, they're out at the 20, and the Bills drive for the game-winning field goal. And another game that I was really looking forward to, the Eagles knocked off the Jags 29-21. This would have been good news for the Rams if the Jags had won this. And at the start of this game, if you watch the first quarter, the Jags looked like the better team. Took a 14-0 lead, but it all came apart largely due to four lost fumbles by Trevor Lawrence. And he also threw an interception, five turnovers by their quarterback. So the Eagles remain undefeated. And the Jags, I'm telling you, they're a really good football team, but they slipped to 2-2. The Eagles, by the way, ran for over 200 yards in this game. Another fun game, the Seahawks beat the Lions 48-45. Kind of torn on this one. The Seahawks over five and a half wins was my bet of the year. Well, they've got two now, but I really thought the Lions would handle them. And remember, this was my survivor pick. However, when I found out St. Brown, their star receiver, was out, I switched my pick to Green Bay. But if you had told me the Lions were going to put 45 points up on the Seahawks, I would have believed it. If you had told me the Seahawks were going to put 48 points up on the Lions, I would have said, I want some of whatever you're smoking. But that's what happened. And a lot of it had to do with Geno Smith and Rashad Penny. Smith, 320 yards and two TDs. Rashad Penny, looking like he did at the end of last year, 17 rushes for 151 yards and two TDs. And how about Jared Goff? I mean, the Lions kept on falling behind, kept on coming back. Goff did everything he could without his best receiver. 26 for 39 for 378 yards and four TDs. His tight end, get this, TJ Hawkinson, 179 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Yes, that's right, his tight end. The Giants beat the Bears 20 to 12. Daniel Jones running for two touchdowns. And the Titans beat the Colts in a big divisional showdown, 24-17. Thought the Colts were getting it turned around. I guess not. They fall to 1-2-1. Derrick Henry had a big day, 114 yards rushing and one TD. Matt Ryan did everything he could, 27 for 37, 356 yards passing. 
with two TDs, but Jonathan Taylor, pretty much a non-factor, averaged 2.1 yards per carry, 20 rushes for 42 yards. So the Colts right now might be the most disappointing team in the league. A lot of people picked them to win that division. No time to panic, but they're not in a good place right now. The Cardinals beat the Panthers 26-16 to get to 2-2. Two two. The Panthers are now 1-26 under Matt Rule when the opponent scores at least 17 points. That's including 24 such losses in a row. I have a feeling I know who the first coach to get fired is going to be. The Packers beat the Patriots 27-24 in overtime. Patriots rolling with their third-string quarterback, Bailey Zappi, out of Western Kentucky. Got to give the Patriots credit, though. I tell you, if, if you told me my roster had 50 random guys and I needed to win tomorrow, Bill Belichick's my guy. No doubt about it. But I did find myself rooting for the Patriots, which is kind of odd. It would have been really to the Rams' benefit if the Patriots hand the Packers a loss, just like it would have been nice if the Jags had beaten the Eagles. And the Raiders beat the Broncos 32-23, to finally get their first win with their new head coach. They improved to 1-3. The Broncos, hard to believe that they're 2-2, two two, actually. That offense has looked pathetic at times, and I'm still calling it Broncos are going to miss the playoffs. And Sunday night, finally an NFC contender lost to an AFC team, Chiefs beating the Bucks 41-31. A couple things stood out in this game to me. Well, number one, the Bucks defense, which has been lights out, carrying this team for the first three weeks, gives up 41 points to the Chiefs. Granted, the Chiefs are a great offense, but still, Tom Brady throws 52 passes. Why did Tom Brady throw 52 passes? Well, it might have had something to do with the fact that the Bucks ran for three yards. That's right, three yards. Six rushes for three yards, an average of half a yard. That has to be troubling for Bucks fans, don't you think? But good news for the Rams, good news for all the other NFC contenders. Bucks have an easy schedule, especially compared to the Rams, so it's very important that they lose these games. So if there is a playoff game between the Rams and the Bucks, it's on the West Coast instead of the East Coast, perhaps. That's our loop around the league. Now we're going to come back Thursday with our next podcast, and we're going to have another episode of Who's Pumped, Who's Pissed, and Who's Perplexed. About time we got back to that, I have some good ideas for that segment. And we'll also have a preview of the Rams-Cowboys game. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at ramsup.com. You'll find links to all of our episodes and a link to our YouTube channel. And you can also leave us a voicemail from our website. Don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.